When I was a kid, I heard a saying that I imagine many of you have heard at one point or another. Even as a child, it didn't make a ton of sense to me. Was that famous saying, if a tree falls in a woods, in the forest, and no one is around to hear it, does it make a sound? As a kid hearing that, I immediately thought, this is, this is really a dumb question. This is, this is something made up by someone somewhere else. Like, that is, like, this doesn't make sense. Of course, does it make a sound? Yes, it makes a sound. Even as a kid, my brain thought pretty practically. Yes, it obviously makes a sound. Come on, of course it's going to make a sound. I've been in a lot of woods before. I've been in a lot of forests. And honestly, I've seen a lot of trees fall down. In fact, there was this one time I was running through woods with two of my friends. And we were specifically there to kick down dead trees. And we were doing that. And guess what? Each one made a sound. They made a sound until we made our way to one tree where we kicked it down and actually hit my friend in the back of the head. Um, He was totally fine, more scarred and bruised by my laughter than by the actual tree and the damage that it did to his head. Totally fine. But even that tree on his head, guess what? Made a noise. Yeah, you better believe it made a noise. Yeah, it was kind of a fun noise. Anyway, so they they make noises, right? Like trees, they just do that. Trees, when they fall down, they make noise. What kind of question is this? Well, it would be many years later. And when I say many, I mean many, many years later. I took, I took a long time to develop, all right? So many, many years later, I would actually think about that philosophically. It's still not how my brain really works, if I can be completely clear with you. But I would think about it philosophically, and I would get the purpose of the question, right? That if that tree falls down, and it, yeah, it, it makes a sound, but if no one is there to hear it, if no one is there to feel it, to receive it, to be impacted by it, Does it matter? And so we ask ourselves as we begin this morning, when it comes to my faith and your faith, the things that you believe and hold dear and know to be true, if no one here on earth, here on earth, if no one hears it and sees it and feels it and is impacted by it, here on earth, does it matter? Father in heaven, bless us as we have this conversation. Open our hearts to the truth of your scripture. As we learn from this Simon from Cyrene, may our hearts be open, if needed, convicted, and most importantly, empowered to live for you, to carry our cross. Bless us now, God, be with us. Amen. Amen. In the books of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, gospels written about Jesus' life, death, resurrection, we are introduced to a man for but a moment. One real verse in all three of those books, we're introduced to an individual whose life, whose decisions mattered. They had an impact. His voice was heard. Simon from Cyrene, who is this individual? I imagine you're like me and you're thinking to yourself, come on, another Simon? Like, can the Bible not be more creative with its name, right? History, like, pick a different name, right? We have to know that he's Simon from Cyrene because he just blends together with all the other Simons. So we've got Simon from Cyrene. This is a whole different Simon than any other Simon you've heard or read about in the scripture. He's here for but this moment. Simon from Cyrene. Now what What made Simon from Cyrene particularly special? What do we know about this guy other than it's kind of random? And maybe he's random. Maybe we know so little because it allows us to put ourselves in the story, right? It allows us to be Simon from Cyrene. Well, we know he's from Cyrene. What does that mean? 
When I've read this passage in the past, I never really looked into that. It didn't really matter to me. So I just figured Cyrene was some like village close by Jerusalem, right? It was just one of those places like a suburb or something. It says he came in from the country. So I'm like, oh, it's one of those little towns out there, right? It's Palmerton or something. You know, that's, that's like, that's that place. It's just, it's just out there. It's next door. It's, it's over there. And that's not true at all. Yeah, Cyrene is actually from Africa. It's northern Libya. And so it's quite a good deal ways away. In fact, I'm guessing to get to Jerusalem, my guess is Simon took a boat. I don't know if that's true or not, but my guess is he took a boat. Now we know that there was a Jewish settlement there. And so we're, our guess is, is that he was a Jewish person who had come into the area, was staying in the country because it was Passover and thousands upon thousands of people were flocking to Jerusalem at this time. And so he was one of those individuals who was there for this moment. We don't know if that's true. We know he was from Cyrene. We don't know if he was a part of that settlement or not, but there he was. What else do we know? Well, we know that the city was with a stir. Jesus had stirred things up. People were in town because it was Passover, but Jesus from his triumphal entry to all the things we know about the amazing miracles and wonderful things that he's, he's done, we know that like there's a stir, there's interest in this Jesus guy. And so as Jesus goes to be crucified, we can only imagine that Simon for one reason or another was incredibly interested at what was happening. Why not? And so it makes sense that, that Simon would go to see what this Jesus person was about. Something drew Simon near to Jesus, and a moment struck. Jesus had reached a point. We know that he was beaten to within an inch of his life, and so carrying his cross on his way to Golgotha, it became too much. Now, we know that Jesus was a human. My my feelings of Jesus, even though knowing he's a human and grasping the fact that he was a human, I still think that if Jesus wanted to, he would have got that cross there. Because that's, that's Jesus, right? He would have got that cross there. But why not let someone else be a part of the story? See, that's how God works, isn't it? God regularly gives opportunity for other people to be a part of the story. Because God, God wants to bring life change. I want you to hear that. God wants to bring life change. He wants to give you an opportunity to be a part of the story to change your life. That's what God does. That's who God is. He gives each and every one of us opportunities to be a part of the story. God is placed before you right now. If you see it or not, there is opportunity it's probably not for why you think. It's not so God can accomplish something in this world. Because we know if God wants to accomplish something, what's going to happen? It's going to happen. He's going to accomplish it. He doesn't need us for that. But the thing that he wants to do is he wants to impact your life. He wants to impact our lives. He wants to impact my life. He wants us to be a part of the story because of what it can do in us. Who we can become. I would say this though as we think about this thought. May we recognize that the opportunities are already there. I think more often than not, we see stories, moments like this, where Simon's introduced this big moment, and we're like waiting for that big moment, not recognizing that all the opportunities to be involved are already there right around us. But for some reason, in our selfishness and whatever it is, we won't recognize or see them in our family, in our friendships, in our relationships, at our work, at our church, at our school. We won't see the opportunities for what they are. And I think we do have to ask ourselves, why would God offer us something big when we won't answer the simple need before us? 
May we remember Jesus' teachings in the parable of the bags of gold, where Jesus says, To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. They will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Matthew 25, 29. Know this. Right now, God has placed before you opportunity to be a part of the story. In your heart, in your life, in your priorities, in who you are, and how you choose to live out your faith in your life now, may we all ask ourselves, with that opportunity, is there availability in me? Is there availability in me? The soldiers chose Simon from Cyrene to carry the cross. We don't know why. There were thousands, hundreds, I don't even know. There there was a huge crowd of people there. Why they chose Simon, we don't really know. Did the soldiers look out and say, oh man, that guy's big, strapping, muscular. You know, he's he's got all the right things to carry a cross. Did they see that? I I don't know. Was Simon incredibly good looking and he just kind of stood out in the crowd? Did he have amazing hair maybe? And they were like, look at that. Oh yeah, that guy's a cross bearer right there. Let's get him involved in this amazing story and moment. I, I don't know. Was it those things? Did they see kindness in his eyes or the opposite? Was he like trying to shrink away? You know how that is like when a teacher picks someone out of the crowd, they like look for that person who's like trying to hide behind the desk. Like, you know, like they're trying to disappear and they're like, yeah, let's get that guy. <laughs> let's pick him. I, I don't, I don't know why he was chosen. The truth is, by Roman law, they could pick whoever they wanted and they couldn't say no. So they chose Simon. They chose him. For maybe just wrong time, wrong place, right? Or maybe right time, right place. Simon was chosen to carry Jesus' cross. Literally, Simon from Cyrene, he became the first person in history to pick up a cross and follow Jesus. Now, you've probably noticed so far through this sermon that I'm struggling with a cross as I preach to you now. Yeah, you're probably wondering, why have we not mentioned this before now in this moment? I mean, it's kind of been there. It's a little bit obvious. Many of you are enjoying me swinging around the podium, right? Yeah, playing with fire every time, and you're watching that great moment go by. Yeah, there it is. It's happening. I can speak from experience happening right before you. Carrying a cross is no fun. There is no comfortable way to do this. Everywhere I put it feels not great at all. There is no comfortable spot. There's no way to not make it awkward. We know in scripture that Jesus and Simon carried this cross. We don't know if they carried the full cross or if they just carried the, like the cross beam piece that went across. Either way, it's bigger than this. It's heavier than this. I imagine it's worse than this. In my brain, I like to we always picture like them carrying it like this, but I imagine across a rocky road with this smacking against your brain, I often think to myself, is that really how you're going to carry the cross? I don't know. It's just how we picture it, right? I know that there's no way to make it fun. There's no way to make it easy. It's not great at all. My shoulders hurt. In my life, I have quite a few pains in the neck, but this is probably the worst one in this moment. This is the worst one. More than any of that, it's awkward and uncomfortable. If I wobble a little bit, this this is like my third time doing this, right? Yeah, because I like had to prepare and practice to make sure I could actually do this. Then there was first service. Now there's second service. And and yesterday I am preparing for a half marathon. So yesterday I, I ran eight miles. And so all of that, I will still say this. 
it compares to nothing when you stack it up to Jesus and what Simon experienced. Nothing to the exhaustion, to the stress, to the pressure, the awkwardness, the inconvenience that they had. Carrying a cross is no fun. It is tiring. It is painful. It is awkward. It means suffering. It is by and large an inconvenience. I don't want this right now. It makes me feel weird. It makes me feel out of place. There's no way to make this right. That's what it does to our lives. Simon didn't want this experience. He didn't want to do this. It was hard. It was painful. It was a huge inconvenience. Being asked to do this, it didn't fit his life or his timeline. He had plans for the day. He had things he wanted to accomplish. He had, he had thoughts on how his day was supposed to go and be. And this didn't meet with any of that. It wasn't right with any of that. But there he was. That's carrying a cross. With this in mind, we remember what Jesus said about carrying a cross. Luke 9.23, Jesus said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Pick up their cross when? Pick up their cross daily and follow me. I like that translation, that thought of it. Matthew 10.38 kind of says it the same way, but it's almost a little harsher. In Matthew 10.38, Jesus says this. He says, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Now, let's understand what this means for us, because I don't want us to misunderstand this. This is about being a true disciple of Jesus Christ. This is about if our faith actually makes a noise in the woods, in the life that we have, if our faith is actually making a noise that people see and feel and are impacted by. We know that we are saved from our sins by our faith, our faith in Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. Nothing good that we can do can ever save us of our sins. We believe and we are saved because of the sacrifice of Jesus on this, on the cross, and the wonderful grace of God. That is how we are saved. But that makes us a Christian. It does not make us a disciple. And so many of us Christians, we stop right here, probably because of one selfishness, awkwardness, or inconvenience, or another. We may have faith, but there is, there is no noise that is seen, heard, or felt in the woods. The book of James says it so well. James in chapter 2 verse 18 says, Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. James' faith, it was heard. It was felt. It made a difference. This is how faith comes alive. As Jesus says, being his disciple means denying ourselves and carrying our cross. This means his timeline, his schedule, his plans, his wants and desires, not ours. This means being available to suffer and hurt. But really for all of us in this culture and community, we're probably most of us here and most of us listening online. I'm not going to say everyone, but many of us, we are not really threatened because of our faith. If anything, we are just, our lives are just being inconvenienced. We must ask ourselves, are we truly available to carry the cross? 
Are you praying for me right now? Anybody like praying for me to make it through? I haven't knocked anything or anyone with the cross yet. Yeah, it's gone. All right. If you're thinking of praying for me, I do want to encourage you, pray for the cameramen and women out there who are trying to figure out what to do in this moment. Not only does this guy move around too much, but now he's got this thing in the way online. I have no idea what you're seeing. Hopefully this translates into something meaningful for you. I I don't know. Here we are. I think it's really important that we think about if, if I'm going to carry my cross in today's world, what does that mean? What does it look like to carry our cross today? What do individuals who carry their cross do? Carrying our cross today means putting people before opinions. Carrying our cross today means putting family before finances. Putting our cross, carrying our cross today means love before lust. As a church, carrying our cross today means church outreach before church personal preferences. It means that I am going to put the people outside of this church and the chance for them to come hear the good news of Jesus Christ, the life change. I'm going to put that before my own personal worship song preferences, how the church looks, how it feels, how it sounds, how I, what, all of the things that the church does, how it spends its money and its finances and all those things that we give to and invest in, that I'm going to put people and outreach to people before personal preferences. Carrying our cross today means sharing hope instead of sharing hate and division. It means sacrificing to stand together instead of selfishness that stands apart, that separates us. The cross is carried by the parent who chooses family over career, hobbies, bank account, or shiny car. The cross is carried by the young person who chooses to care, to have an open heart, to look at the needs of others, to ask themselves how this hurts or impacts or loves or cares for someone else. And they do that before their own social status, lifestyle, and comfort. The cross is carried by the Christian who chooses to love, encourage, disciple, and invest. Truly look into someone else's life, no matter who they are, before our own personal gain, public opinion, and public griping. The cross is carried by the family member who chooses to forgive, communicate, and uplift. No matter the past, they let go of the anger. They let go of the division. They drop the grudges. And they choose family. They choose love. Now I get it. Why carry the cross? If I can... If I can get through life and get to heaven with just my faith and not have to do this, not this awkwardness, not this struggle, not bear this burden, why do this? Why not just live for me? Why not just live for me? We can only imagine what Simon was thinking as he carried the cross that day. I imagine at the very beginning, he had to be asking that question, why me? There's thousands of people around here. Why me? Why was I chosen? Why did I choose this hairstyle today to get chosen and picked out from this crowd? Why me? Why am I here? I I feel like he had to have that temptation looking at the crowd all around, just thinking to himself, I could drop this and run. And they couldn't catch me. I would disappear in the sea of people and no one would know. Why me? How did this happen? But we can only imagine that what he was witnessing, what he was participating in, began to change him. It began to change him. I encourage you to hear this. The greatest way to bring about change in your life 
quite possibly in the lives of others that you care about, is to carry your cross for Jesus Christ. You want noise in your woods to be heard? You want your faith to be heard, to be seen, to be felt, to have an impact? Then carry your cross. Simon's life changed. And our best understanding is that the lives of others in his life changed as well. As I said, this moment in history is found in three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We chose to read from Luke because Luke includes, or I'm sorry, Mark, because Mark includes two different names in there. We read from Mark because he involves these two other names that are not found anywhere else in Scripture, Alexander and Rufus. Now, who are Alexander and Rufus? They're Simon's sons. Why are they involved there? Does every person who gets mentioned in the Bible for a verse have their family, some of their family listed there? No, of course not. So why are they there? Why are they here in this moment? Well, we know that Mark was written for the Christian church in Rome. The book of Mark was written for the Christian church in Rome. So we recognize that those names were listed because those were two individuals that the Christian church in Rome knew. They could say, this is is Alexander and Rufus's dad. This is their dad that we're talking about. And they would know, they would know who this was because our early church understanding, our, our tradition understanding is that both of those individuals, Alexander and Rufus, became missionaries and disciples themselves. We recognize this wonderful truth. Carrying our cross changes lives. We remember Jesus' words in, in John 12, 24 that give us this incredible truth. Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, if it's willing to sacrifice and suffer, to bear awkwardness and inconvenience, if it does that, it produces many seeds. It makes sense that we all honestly ask ourselves if we are seeking to change the lives of our loved ones and seeking to change even our own lives, what is it that we are carrying? What are we carrying? What does this world see us carrying? What do they feel us carrying? What do our children and loved ones see us carrying with us? What are we carrying at home, at work, at school, and at church? What are we really carrying right now? with us? What's in our hands? What's in our arms? What is it that we prioritize? What are we carrying with us? Anger? Politics? Greed? Lust? What is held in our arms? Our finances? Our own timeline? A certain way of life that we think we've earned and achieved? As I stand here and struggle right now, I want you to know that carrying your cross takes all of you. There is no room for anything else But the cross, what have we been carrying? I ask myself as we close, what should we be taking from this? Good news, we're almost to the end and I've survived, right? Yeah, yeah, shorter sermon maybe, yeah, because some of us need that on these kinds of occasions. That's okay. But I like to come to the end of sermons and I ask myself all the time, like, what does this matter? What do we take from this? We all know individuals who need to hear this message, right? We do. 
no one in this service, right? No, like, no one here needs this, but we know other people that need to hear this. In a previous church, and this is true, it's not here, but in a previous church, I knew a man who it seemed could never quite figure out why the important things in his life often seemed to fall apart. And he'd come asking me that. Specifically things in his life, family, happiness, purpose, contentment, why these things never seem to come together. I struggled as his pastor. How to tell him. He was so busy carrying around his anger, his opinions, his comfort and way of life, so many things that he thought he deserved and was entitled to that he had no room to carry the cross. His family, his friends, himself, all the things that he wanted to impact. Well, his faith was that noise deep in the woods. No one ever heard it. It almost made you wonder if it was even there. This cross, my cross to bear. In the past, many different writings, the cross is referred to as a tree. This is my tree. I want it to be heard. I want my faith to be seen. As a father, more than anything else, I want my children to pick this up. I want them to know that life isn't about them. I want them to know that sometimes we sacrifice for God. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes people don't understand. Sometimes it's odd. Sometimes we feel weird. Sometimes being a Christian, being a disciple, it stinks. That's okay. Because we know the first person who picked this up what he did for us. As a person who wants to make a difference in this world, who wants to be someone who somehow influences other people, I want this to be what people see. I'm not always perfect at that. I need a regular reminder sometimes to put down other things because I find them in my arms. I find myself prioritizing them. I find myself carrying them around. But I want people in my life, even that person at the grocery store that I just get to smile to, right? I want them to see this. I don't know what's in your arms. I don't know what you've been carrying. I'm sure you have great reason for whatever it is. But I would encourage you, pick up the cross. Join Simon from Cyrene. Pick up your cross. Follow Jesus. See how your life will change. Would you join me in prayer? Father in heaven, God above all, God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for what he did for each and every one of us. God, I know that it's hard at times to live out this Christian life, this life of being a follower of Jesus in this world. 
Jesus was very clear with us. It's not supposed to be easy. This world isn't about us. God, I pray over every individual here who right now is looking at what they're carrying around and they're recognizing something else is there but the cross. Something else has taken that place in their life. God, I know that maybe that has brought damage that's been done in their lives and that means forgiveness. It means a change of priorities. It means a change of life. God, I ask that you would allow each and every one of us to be honest about that, to take what steps we need to open our arms to the cross. God, I know for a lot of us carrying the cross in these different places that we are in life, it is a struggle. It's something different to each and every one of us. But God, I ask that you would go with us in those struggles. Empower us when we need to. Know that you're there with us. God, I pray over the individuals here who are seeking to impact others in their lives. God, we have our opinions, we have our thoughts, we have all these things that we think should make a difference in somebody's life. Help us to recognize, God, all the difference in the world comes from the cross. May we carry it. God, I know sometimes this is hard. When we need it, I ask that you would allow us to hold on to the words that Jesus gave us in John 16. May we remember, as Jesus said, that in this world we will have trouble. But Jesus, Jesus has overcome. Bless us with that truth, God. Encourage us now. Empower us to live for you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And by the power of his blood. Amen. Thank you.